Good morning, Ramblecast. It's your girl, Sagacious Queen. And today, I want to talk a little bit about love and relationship. And what better time to discuss love than the weekend before Valentine's Day. Now, let me give a little quick disclaimer. Let me just start out by saying I'm not an expert in love. My degree is not in psychology. Uh, no, none of that. But through my experiences and the experiences of those around me, I feel that my views on the subject of love can be very beneficial and influential to people today. And if my experiences can help just one woman in any way, then maybe I've done my job. So, I want to start off by saying we have to get back to the days of building each other up instead of tearing each other down. Um, First Thessalonians 5 and 11 states, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Although this scripture is relating to the, the spiritual sense, we can also take it into the physical sense. Fellowship and friendship is necessary, especially among women, because as women, we take so much um, of the burdens of life on ourselves. We, as Malcolm X said, are the most neglected person. Um sometimes we just need a good friend or a good person to encourage us um uplift us motivate us and sometimes just to listen to us sometimes just being in the presence of someone that's positive can play a major role in our lives or make a big difference because who wants to be around negative people all the time anyway if there if there's one time that women should be able to enjoy uh, love it's valentine's day but if you're single or going through, then Valentine's Day can be a trigger. It can be hard. Um, these last two weeks, I've witnessed several people, mostly women, going through issues in love. And at a time when they should be celebrating love, they're either trying to decipher what real love is or if wondering if love is really worth it um, or just dealing with know the perplexities of being in love and trying to make love work um i'm gonna answer a few questions that you know just from talking to people that i've noticed that constantly comes up so let's talk about them and as i stated before these are my views i'm not forcing them on anyone these are simply my thoughts um to questions that i see arise from social media from talking to people and just being around different people every day of my life um, so let's let's get started. Um, do I think Valentine's Day is a commercial holiday? Yes, I do. Valentine's Day, in a sense, is overrated uh, because people feel the need to compete with each other to do the biggest gesture of love. Um, but I feel like um, love should be celebrated every day, not just one day. Do I believe in celebrating Valentine's Day? Yes, I do. But I also believe that love, again, should be celebrated all the time, not just once a year. What if my spouse don't believe in Valentine's Day and I do? First of all, I think this goes back to knowing your significant other love language. Everyone loves different. Some people um, 
love language is quality time words of affirmation some are gifts some are physical touch you just have to know how your partner loves um secondly love should be celebrated regardless if my significant other believes in a holiday then it's my duty to make him feel as if I celebrate that holiday too because my goal is to make sure that my significant other is happy and if celebrating this holiday or that holiday will make that person happy then that's the goal right um what harm would it do to celebrate something for your significant other that they love even if you don't like it that's called sacrifice that's something that is required in relationships sometimes we have to give as much as we get Now, don't misquote me. I'm not saying you have to water yourself down or harm yourself to please another person or give, you know, constantly do things that you don't want to do for somebody else. But I'm saying that it should be equal. It should go hand in hand. Sometimes we have to do things that we don't like. Like, if just say my significant other love football. I hate football. But I'm going to sacrifice watching football if that makes him happy. But not me, because me and my ex-husband used to love football. So that's not the case. But anyway, you get the point that I'm saying. Sometimes we have to make sacrifices in love. But the sacrifices that we make shouldn't harm us. Meaning that I shouldn't be making sacrifices to the point where it hurts me or it brings me to not like something within myself. If that makes sense. I'm just simply saying it's important. If it's important to your spouse or your significant other, then it should be equally important to you. Next question. What if I'm single and Valentine's Day makes me sad? I've been here. Um, I think at one point I was bitter. Um, you, you, If you're single, you're watching everyone get roses and bears and candy get delivered or going out on romantic dates and balloons or getting engaged and you're home alone watching sad romantic comedy movies and feeling left out that's the old me the new me has came out of the cocoon and is happy and content with her life and to that question i say honey get up get your butt up and celebrate anyway speak positivity in your life encourage yourself before we can love anyone else we have to learn to love god first of all and we have to learn how to love ourselves if we don't love ourselves how can we love others it all starts with self-love like real talk so instead of moping around being bitter celebrate yourself don't wait on someone else to buy you roses or give you candy or take you out to dinner celebrate yourself and i know you got something to celebrate in your life you're a mom you got up and made things happen for your kid celebrate that you got a job you pay your bills on time you got your own house your own car celebrate that you don't made it through a long work week. Celebrate that. We got to get in the habit of celebrating ourselves instead of waiting on a man to do it for us. 
And same with men. There are some men who work their tails off and their woman don't appreciate them. To them, I say the same thing. Celebrate yourself. To anybody, I'll say, celebrate yourself. Get up. Get your hair done. Get your nails done. Get a massage. Buy that, that dress that you've been wanting. Or that watch or that, that piece of jewelry that you've been eyeing for so long. Do something for yourself. Take yourself out to dinner. Go to a bar. Go to a movies. Learn to enjoy yourself before you can enjoy other people. Celebrate the you, not as just somebody's woman, but as a mother, as a daughter, as the queen that you are. Because no one else's validation is needed. You don't need anybody else's permission to love yourself, to celebrate yourself. And yeah, it may seem easier said than done, but I promise you, in the end, it is so worth it. You can't help anyone with your cup half full. So fill that cup up, baby, with self-love, self-esteem, confidence, love, all of it, and watch how you blossom. Just, just watch. It is so real when it happens and sometimes it happens so fast that you be trying to figure out what did I do differently but the mindset is real really powerful it really is once you start thinking positive acting positive responding positive and taking care of yourself before others then you will see a big difference in your life but on to the next question Cause I'm gonna try not to keep y'all long because you know when I get on the top that I'm passionate about I tend to go over a long time and I'm not trying to do that today but I just wanted to put my thoughts out there for a minute I did order some um mics and stuff for my podcast but Amazon tripping so all of my stuff got delayed and I'm probably gonna have to reorder because it's been like a week and a half and I still haven't got my stuff but that's neither here nor there I'm gonna go back to the questions okay my significant other and I've been together for a while and I'm ready to get married I'm hoping he proposes he proposes this Valentine's Day. Okay. Valentine's Day is a popular day for proposals. I think it's around one of the top two around Christmas and um after Christmas. I think Christmas is Christmas well, it's in the top three. Christmas, New Year, and Valentine's Day are the most common days that people get um engaged. And Valentine's Day is a popular day for proposal. Me personally, I wouldn't want to get proposed to on holidays. It just seems so cliche to me, but that's my preference. Do not, if I'm in a relationship and my man is ready to propose, and if he, whenever I meet him and he go back and read, listen to my old podcast, I hope he listens to this one and understands that I do not want my man to propose to me on Christmas, New Year Eve. Valentine's Day or my birthday. That's just my preference. That again, that that is just me. But no, to each his own. Anyway, sadly, we cannot make someone marry us or tell us when they are ready. And honestly, I wouldn't want to force anyone to marry me or propose to me. I'd rather you be 100% ready to propose than to propose I, propose to me out of expectation or obligation. But at the same time, I um, when it comes to that, I think you should talk about it beforehand. Make your expectations known. Don't keep doing wifely wifey duties uh, without the ring. 
because like the old people say and i may say it wrong but you, you get what i'm saying why would a man buy the cow if he could get the milk for free it, it's some truth to that apply pressure to these people not forcefully but make your standards clear and stand on them don't set standards and then go against them Make it clear what you will and won't tolerate. Stop giving people years of your life and it's not reciprocated. Life is too short to live unhappily. It's too short to pretend that you are happy when you're not. Life is too short to not enjoy. How will I know if we are ready to make that commitment? How will I know if we are ready to make that commitment? Um, I've learned that God is the best person to ask that question. Ask God to give you discernment. Ask God to reveal and remove. Baby, I'm a witness. When I say you got to be careful what you ask God for, because God will open your eyes and reveal the truth to you and you it's going to hit you like a bag of bricks. God will show you who's for you and who's against you. God will show you the people that really mean you good in your life and the ones that secretly hate you. And it's going to hurt when he reveals who certain people are in your life. But once you sincerely ask God, he's going to show you. So if you're having doubts about your significant other or you just you know want to know if you're ready to move to the next step or the next level of your relationship, whatever that may be, ask God. Ask God to show you the heart of the sniff or your significant other. Ask God to show you the heart of the person that you got. Cause sometimes people are pretenders and sometimes people are so good at pretending that we have blinders on and we don't see the true person that they are. But when you ask God to help you see it, to reveal to you, watch how he works. And that ain't just something I'm saying. That's something I've lived. When I started, I used to start a daily prayer with, Lord, reveal and remove anybody out of my life that don't mean me no good. When I say I lost family members, friends that I thought was close, close friends, I'm telling you, you would be shocked at the amount of people that be in your face, in your space, and wish bad for you that don't want to see you grow, don't want to see you be better than you are. They just there because they want to see you stuck where you at. Because they're afraid that when God starts blessing you, you're going to leave them behind and see them for the true person they are. Y'all better start asking God for discernment. Y'all better start asking God to reveal and remove these people out your life. Because even the ones that love you to death, claim to love you to death, can have ill feelings for you. And you not even know it. Okay. All right. Um, I could do a quick uh, Q and A session on this for days, but the point I'm trying to make in all of this is that before we get caught up in all the hype of, Val- of Valentine's Day, we need to understand God's love, self-love, and our love for others. We must have all three to grow, not only as a woman but just as a person in general. Um. And most of my podcasts are geared towards women, but for the men that are that are listening, it can apply to them too. If we don't have love for God in our lives, love for ourselves, then how are we going to love others? 
So again, we must have all three in order to just grow wholeheartedly. Um, how do I know if I'm really in love? And this, this is going to be my last question, but I wanted to save it for last uh, for a reason. How do I know if it's really love? And I'm going to start with the Bible quote about love. 1 Corinthians 13 and 4, 4-8. Well, first, let's back up. Let's back up. Um, how do I know if it's really love? First Corinthians 13 and 13. Um, and now these things, these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. That's one of my favorite scriptures. So much I got a tattoo on my chest above my um, heart. Um, faith, hope, and love. That's one of my favorite scriptures because out of all the things in the world, the Bible says that the greatest is love. Which goes back to um, John 3.16. For God so loved the world, we know the scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. That's the ultimate sacrifice. That's the ultimate meaning of love to me. But yeah, it's Valentine's Day, so we're talking about love. But moving on along. simpler version because I, I love that scripture it, it, it just it says a lot um, love is patient having patience is hard it's kind love is not mean love is not envy it's not jealous it's not competition it is not rude or self-seeking meaning it's not one side it's not all about self we again it goes back to loving yourself and loving others now we could talk about love all day but if you don't love yourself how can you expect somebody else to love you and that, that's just real talk it's 2022 and I just wish women would stop accepting things that look like love so they can really walk into what love really is it's time out for a toxic love one day you love me and the next you don't it's time out for one sided love oh I love you more than you love me it's time out for 
ride or die love. Oh, the only way, um, why I gotta love you through hell before you love me back. It's time out for struggle love. Why I gotta build you up so you can love me? It's time out for conditional love. Why do your love for me come with conditions and ultimatums? It's time out for temporary love. Oh, you only love me because of what I can do for you. It's time out for comfortable love. Time and history don't mean nothing when you're not being loved correctly. It's time out for lustful love. Oh, the romance is so good that you just blinded by it and don't see things for what they really are. It's time out for that. It's time out for accepting the bare minimum. We got to set our standards and stand firm in them. Only you show people how to treat you. And if you don't treat yourself right, then they won't either. Don't be afraid to treat yourself like the queen that you are. The ones that truly love you will meet those expectations, those standards, or try to, and the ones that don't, won't. And anybody who you tell that something is bothering you and they don't try to change, pack your shit and leave. Because, again, life is too short to be unhappy. This Valentine's Day and every other day, we need to focus on learning to love and trust God, learning to love ourselves, and just be more happy. That's it. It's, it sounds so simple, and, and for some, it's going to be hard to do, but this is the year to be selfish. And I don't mean being selfish in a negative way. I mean being selfish in a positive way. I mean work on self. Stop putting all these other people before yourself and they wouldn't do the same for you. Life is meant to be lived, not just to simply exist. That's it. And I keep, I would never forget that quote from um, the Tyler Perry movie with, um, um, Afri um, Wood, Woodard and Kathy Bates and they went on that road trip and she said are you listening are you living or are you simply existing and that's a good question are you living your life or are you simply existing life is meant to be lived not to simply exist so as we celebrate Valentine's Day 2022, let's focus on getting a closer relationship with God and learning to love ourselves above anything. Because at the end of the day, we set the standards on how people treat us. And if we don't treat ourselves right, then nobody else will either. That's my ramble for today. Um, until next time, talk to you later. Welcome to a Ramblecast podcast where we ramble about any and everything. So, 
this morning I want to talk about females and friendship. It's the topic kind of been floating um, on my mind for a while, and I have some things I want to say about it. So, I was having a conversation with a guy friend, and he was like, "You know what, Patty? Y'all females be on that type of stuff. Guys don't be stuck on stuff like that." And I thought about what he said. It, it, he, he was making a lot of sense. When we fall out with, with friend girls or, you know, our friends, it's a whole episode. It's a whole storyline. Like, it's a whole process. Whereas with guys, they immediately make up and forget about it. But women, we have to linger on it and fall out and start back talking or fall out again. Like, it's a whole lot of more drama behind females disagreeing and males. And that's not always the case, but the majority of the time. So, um, I thought about what he said and I got to thinking about um, female friendships and why people always classify female friendships as messy as opposed to guy friends, friendships. Um, it, people are quick to holler, no new friends, or I don't need anybody, stuff like that. But in actuality, study shows that lasting friendships and relationships are better for you. Um, study shows that people that are dealing with cancer are four times more likely to survive if they have friends, whether their friends are close or near. I mean, far away or near. They're um, better able to deal with or survive cancer if they have friendships or meaningful relationships in their lives. So we can say we don't need anybody or we don't want any friends or no new friends or Jesus is my only friend. But even Jesus wanted us to have friends. That's the whole purpose of fellowship, to have friendship and relationships on earth. But that's a whole nother part. I'm not going to get into the religious part of it. But I do want to talk about females and friendships. Mainly because I'm still, as I get older, I'm still dealing with um, friendships. And I guess trying to understand it in the way. Because everybody's not going to be the type of friend that you are. You may be a certain way and your friend may be another way. And y'all got to find a balance between it. In order for y'all to coexist and have a meaningful relationship. By that I mean. Um, I've been the type. I'm the type of person. I've never had like just. An entourage of friends. And that's by choice. I just. I don't trust many people. And I guess. They can go back to trust issues. From somebody doing me wrong or whatever. I don't know. I just. I've never been the, the type to hang around crowds. So for the most part, I've had maybe two, three, five at the most close people that I consider friend, real friends, and not just associates. But um, even you can even fall out with close friends. Now it's up to you whether you make up or how long it takes you to make up. But even the best of relationships gonna have a disagreement. Oh, come to a head 
once or twice. And how you deal with it kind of says a lot about the strength of your relationship and how you deal with relationships. It's not always easy because, for one, the emotional ties in a friendship is almost as personal as being in a relationship. And by that, I mean, you know, you're a shoulder to crown for this other person. Y'all have each other's secrets. Um, you're listening ear for this other person and what they're going through. You can either boost self-esteem or lower it, depending on the type of friend you are. You can do encouragement and motivation, or you can take you can tear that person down. You give advice. Um, y'all share tips and um, just advice on things, and you discuss intimate family details like you know past hurts and future motivations and stuff like that. And most of all, you create memories with that person. And again, those memories, whether good or bad, depends on the type of person you are and the type of friend that you are. But again, what the guy said to me stood out so much because it was like, God, it's so simple for guys. Why do we as women have to make it complicated? It, it, it really just had me mind bottled that men actually see women that way. Like they would rather we just kill the beef among each other and deal with it like a guy. And I mean, everybody can't just, you know, tough it up and be like a guy. But the simplicity of it, I, I kind of understood what he was saying. But anyway, moving along. So back to the part where, you know, People went through this whole phase where it was no new friends and um, just my day one. Well, your day ones can change up on you and uh, meeting new people is not a bad thing because I've met some new people in the last year or so that I probably would consider them a friend for life. And I've had people that I was close to all my life that I'm no longer close to. We got to stop applying general things to all people or generalizing friendship. Everybody is different and we should start doing friendship on an individual basis and not just judging people based on what past friendships has been like or what we expect friendship to be like. We should just take it for what it's worth, give people a benefit of the doubt. And if somebody shows you who they are, believe them. And let it go. But we got to stop bringing old past friendship hurts into new relationship. Because that way we're only going to run people off or um, just damage ourselves as a friend. Because to be, to have a good friend, you have to be a good friend. And if you don't know how to do that or if you're still holding on to past hurts from previous friendships, then your friendships are never going to evolve. They're never going to grow. So we got to get to a place where we are able to, as women, deal with whatever issue arose and handle it as adult as opposed to, well, you hurt me. I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. I'm done with it. You know, it is what it is. That's why I don't fool with females. They always miss it. No, the problem is we don't know how to properly deal with conflict. That's all it boils down to. Women do not know how to deal with conflict. And again, it may be because we're not. We haven't been taught 
or it probably is because we've been hurt so many times that we just rather not deal with it at all. But all females are not messy. And even the best of friends can have disagreements. And some people just have bad days. Sometimes conflict can start because somebody's having a bad day and they spaz out or snap out. And instead of saying, well, I'm sorry, I had a lot going on, they rather just cut off a friendship over a misunderstanding when all of it can be solved by communication. And that's all it all boils down to, basically every relationship. It it always boils down to communication. Is the communication lines open? Can you really feel like you can express yourself to this person and be understood? Can you listen as well as just hear what the other person is saying? And you have some friendship where the person won't listen and they just like to talk. Can you be in a friendship or a relationship where you can stop talking and actively listen to the other person? And I'm saying all this stuff, but I'm learn. I'm still learning myself. It's not easy for me. Especially if you let the world tell you, I'm a cancer and they swear we're just the most emotional sign. I say we probably a little bipolar, but um, I'm not the emotional type. And that's my issue with friendships. Um, I'm not the emotional type. I, I'm the type that I try not to show emotions because of past hurt. Because I don't want to get hurt again. Because I don't want people to know if something bothers me. Or if I'm pissed off at something they did because of past hurts. And I'd rather just avoid conflict or just completely stop dealing with a person than to address it. Which is crazy when I now that I think about it. Because it's like, it could be solved with com, uh, communication. But sometimes you just be at the point where you be like, you know what? It ain't even worth discussion. And it should be. That's my thing. And I'm still learning it. It should be discussed. Instead of letting stuff linger, I got to learn to just express it and get it out. And see, a little backdrop about me. Like, I was the type that if it was if it bothered me, I was going to say it. I was going to let you know. I was going to tell it like it is. I was very blunt. But my bluntness, a lot of people can't handle my bluntness. Like, I, I can't tell you the amount of friends quote-unquote, that I've lost because I'm blunt. If you ask me a question, I'm going to give you the correct answer. I'm not going to be nasty about it, but I'm going to give you my truth and what I think. And if you don't like my opinion or what I have to say about things, then don't ask me because I'm going to be honest. I'm not the type of friend to sugarcoat something to make you feel better. Whether it's right or wrong, I'm going to tell you the truth. And a lot of people, a lot of friends don't like that. They expect their friends to uplift them even if they have to lie to them. I'm not that type of friend. And I'm not saying that I won't be a good friend. I'm saying that I'm going to be the type of friend that's going to motivate you. Yes. Encourage you. Yes. But I'm not going to encourage a lie. I'm not going to tell you a lie to make you feel better. If I know that nigga ain't no good for you, I'm going to tell you that nigga ain't no good for you. If I know you shouldn't be doing the shit you're doing, I'm going to tell you, you shouldn't be doing the shit you're doing. If I know you're the reason that something happened, I'm going to tell you, you're the reason that something happened. 
We got to stop encouraging bad behavior in our friends and then wondering why stuff is going the way it's going for them. But again, I'm getting off track. A lot of people couldn't handle my bluntness. So it was like, it got to the point where it was like, I'm always angry or I don't care. I talk to people any kind of way. I don't care what I say, blah, blah, blah. So I got to the point where if people would ask me something, I would just be like, okay, yeah, whatever you want to do, it's up to you. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, even if I didn't think it was a good idea. And that wasn't me. That was being fake, and I couldn't do it anymore. So I stopped doing it, and I'd just be like, don't ask me to, um, don't ask me a question if you're not ready for my answer because I'm going to be blunt. So I always give them now. Now I will give them a disclaimer and be like, I'm going to tell you the truth. You sure you can handle it? Before we even get into all of that. And so when that when that don't work or I feel like I can't be direct with that person, I just you know kind of get myself out of the situation where I don't have to deal with their issues. Because again, people can't handle my bluntness. And I'm not nasty or nice, nasty with it. I'm just I can't sugarcoat anything. I'm doing my friend more harm by sugarcoating an issue rather than giving them the full picture or helping them see it from another point of view. And that's what a lot of us do. We sugarcoat things for our friend, especially bad behavior, and glorify it like it's the truth. And we shouldn't do that. And that's where a lot of our issues come in. At. But again, a lot of people can't handle my bluntness. So no, most of the time, I'm a loner. Like, I have friends and associates that I deal with, but for the majority of the time, I like being by myself. And we do have, we do need meaningful relationships with friends, and I have that sometimes, but I think I'm at a point where I'm trying to understand friendship more. Here's the purpose of this podcast. I'm at the point where I'm trying to understand friendship more and I'm trying to understand myself more and how I deal with friendship relationships and people in my life. As of right now, I would say I have no best friends. Like, and and this sounds harsh because there are people that I kick with every day or talk to every day, but I, I, I can say I feel confident in saying that I don't have any best friends right now because I don't think I've reached that level of um I'm not sure the word um I want to say intimacy but not in the sexual form uh with anybody now previous um my the last best friend I had we fell out and for the life of me I can't even remember what we fell out about and that's the sad part my best friend and I for over oh probably over 20 years we fell out and I don't even remember what what we fell out about and we talk now but it's not the same like whatever the blowout happened, whatever it was about, it must was so bad that we can't even find a common ground to get our friendship back to where it was. And for the longest part, for the longest time, I was like, forget it. I don't even care no more. You know, if she don't talk to me, I ain't going to talk to her. 
And, and we do that when we fall out with our females, mostly when we fall out with our friends. That's the first thing we say. If she don't, I'm going to only um, talk to people. If you don't check on me, I ain't going to check on you, blah, blah, blah. And that's not the way we should be. And like I said, as I get older, I'm learning it. I'm learning my faults. I'm learning my flaws. I'm learning my mistakes that I made in friendships. And I can only attest to what I've done. I can't speak for somebody else and what they've done or how they deal with their friendship. I know that I could have handled the the friendship better with my ex-best friend. But the thing is, I let so much time lapse that I don't even remember what the hell we fell out about. So obviously, it wasn't even important enough to lose a friend of almost 20 years over because I don't even remember what the hell we fell out about. And what was so bad that I stopped talking to my best friend of over 20 years. And since that time, like I said, I have friends and associates, but I don't, I don't classify no one as a best friend. Which is crazy. Because here I am, I know that was my best friend, like my ride or die, which I don't understand the term ride or die. I don't want nobody to have to die to be my friend, but a person who I know will ride for me as long as I, you know, when I ride for them, like we roll for each other. We had each other back. We was more than friends. We was like sisters, that type of friendship. But to have a disagreement and let it blow up so bad that you stop talking to each other, stop being in each other's lives, and you don't even remember what it was about, it wasn't worth it. I feel it wasn't worth it. I feel like I, I messed up a good friendship by being stubborn, by not showing emotion, by not wanting to get to the bottom of it and fix the problem when it was there. By not addressing the issue when it was there. And and this going back to what the guy said, he was like, only y'all females be the one be stuck on that stuff. Guys don't be stuck on stuff like that. We we let it go and move on. We back hanging together the next day or probably the same day. Y'all the one who have to linger on it. And he made a lot of sense. That's why guys guy friendships and female free friendships will always be different because we have to linger on it. And instead of lingering on it, we should address it as soon as it happened, as soon as possible. As soon as the disagreement arises, we should address it instead of sleeping on it and letting that thing grow and fester into a big nasty soil when we could have just dealt with it when it was just a tiny bump. And I swear, he made so much sense to me and I was sitting there, I was like, that's why females need at least one guy friend in their life. Because guys going to tell you the truth. They're going to be honest with you about your friendship, about relationship with guys, hookups, all that. Guys are blunt. They're going to tell you the truth. And that's why females are quick to say, I don't, fail, I don't deal with females, but I hang with guys all along. Why we can't have that same energy with females? It doesn't have to be that way. We chose to let it be that way. And again, I'm, I'm not the exception. I'm learning. I'm still learning it. But my thing is that I want to learn to do better. And I hope that a lot of more females will learn to want to do better. Because when I scroll Facebook and I see black women putting other black women down, it's mind-boggling. It's hurtful. 
And it's like, oh, my God, why we just can't get along? Like all of these pick me topics, like I brag different. Um, I can't wait to get me a new bed set or clean the supply. Why would a bed set or having a house or cleaning supplies set you apart from your friend, from another woman? It shouldn't even be an option. It shouldn't even be a thing. Like, why is it a thing that I can brag on my house and you can't? What What is the purpose of us saying that? What is the purpose of us tearing down a person who don't have a house to buy cleaning supplies for? What is the purpose of us bragging about our man and a woman who ain't got no man? Because married women, not all of y'all, hey, I'm still married on paper, but some married women love throwing in the face of single women that they are married. Why? Why do, why do women do some of the stuff that they do? And as a woman, I can't even answer that question. But some, some women do do just nice, nasty stuff for the hell of it. And then you have the pick-me women that, oh, I do this, I don't do that, so I'm better than you. Like, if I think all of that could be decreased if we would just stop for a minute. Address issues when they come up instead of letting them fester or running and gossiping about it to somebody else or making a meme about it or posting to social media about it. If we would just go old school, talk to that person, call them up, take them out um, to eat and discuss y'all disagreements, then things will be so much better because when you look, when you grow up and you look back at that stuff, you're going to realize how stupid and petty it was. And that's where I'm at right now. As I'm growing in Christ and in my friendships and my relationship, it's like, what the hell was I thinking? Why didn't I just pull my friend to the side, squash that shit and move the fuck on? I mean, I was closer to this girl than I was with my sister's. And I let a stupid disagreement just come in and mess up our friendship. And I don't even remember what the damn disagreement was about. That, that's the part that's kind of irking me. It's like, I don't even remember what we fell out about. And so now, even if I wanted to squash that beef, I don't even know what it is that I need to apologize for or I need to discuss or talk about. So even though I don't know or remember what the hell it was about, I mean, I've reached out and I mean, all I can, and that's all I can do. I can only do my part and try to make right my wrongs. I'm not responsible for how she responds. I'm not responsible for how she looks at it. Only thing I can do is uh, I want to be at the point where I'm able to say, at least I tried. And I have tried. And so I feel good about that. And going forth with new friendships or meeting new people, I'm working on if I have an issue or a disagreement or a conflict or something that I don't like, then I'm going to address it as opposed to letting it linger. And my daughter is a perfect example of that. Um, my youngest is very blunt. She's very outspoken. She's very opinionated. And with her, speaking her mind comes, is it comes natural. And sometimes at, at the beginning, I would always shush her. I would try to 
control her and what she says. But I realized I was taking her freedom from her. And by that, I mean, we silence our child when we should want them to be outspoken about their feelings and what affects them. And it took me a minute for to get there, and I, I had to start, and I stopped it. And I told her, as long as she's not disrespectful, and as long as it is the truth, and not just her opinion, then she's free to speak her mind. I'm not going to silence her from voicing her truths. I don't want her to purposely bully or demean or hurt anybody with her words. But if something is bothering her, I want her to address it. And I don't want to silence her voice and her outspokenness. So that's what I'm working on with my child. But, you know, it's a lesson in it. And people be like, oh, my child um, can't teach me that I'm the parent. But I learn from my kids daily almost. And sometimes you need to look at it from a different perspective than from my own. Because we don't, as adults, we don't always have it right. We don't always get it right. Because think about it. Little kids, when they ha- when they when they friends, when they have friends and they have a fight, they're back playing together in like four or five minutes or maybe the same day or the next day. Why, when we get older, we change that? I mean, this is really mind-boggling. Like, why is that? Because when you think about your friendships over the years when you was little, you fell out with your friend, that hard wanted to fight, then y'all hug it out and y'all back friends together. What changed so much in women's relationship that we stopped doing that? This podcast is almost 30 minutes, so I'm, I'm trying not to make it much longer, but there's just some things that was on my mind. Here's the title, Ramblecast, and something I wanted to ramble about this morning. But all in all, my goal for this year is not a New Year resolution. It's just a, a bigger goal, expansion of my goal that I'm working on myself and I'm working on building better relationships with the women in my life and the women that may come into my life. And as a mother of two girls, raising them to be better women, uh, women that are better able to deal with friendships. And they don't have to have a male perspective of it. You know, in the words of Steve Harvey, act like a lady, think like a man. But in a sense, something can be learned from watching guys' relationships. So, this is my thoughts for today. Let me know what you think. Um, until next time, Ramalaya. Okay, one last thing. Now, I will say you do have to be weary of fake friends. Sadly, they do exist. There are some friends that will use you up, whether mentally or physically. They will drain you. There are some friends that will drain your good energy until the only thing you have left is bad energy. There are some friends whose sole purpose is to turn you from being nice to nasty. You just have to be cautious of the people that you let in your life. So, this podcast wasn't about, you know... Treating everybody like that. Because sadly, there are going to be some people who are a fake friend. You just got to know who you're dealing with and act accordingly. My advice is just be cautious of who you call a friend. Pray for guidance. 
and for God to reveal people to you. And trust me, when you ask God to show you people, he's going to do it whether you like it or not. And he's going to do it fast. And how you react to it, that's on you. But God will show you people if you genuinely ask him to. Because there have been times I've asked God to just show me a person. And it'll happen so quick and you'll be like, wow, thank God for clarity. Because sometimes God protects us from things and from people that we don't even see coming. So the best advice to dealing with fake friends is to just pray about it. So um, pray for God to reveal people in your life to you, to show you who they are. And if somebody shows you who they are, mm, you probably won't believe them. But even if we give people the benefit of the doubt, you still got to be weary of the people that we let in our lives because um, there's a thing that says we are a total of the five people we spend the most time with. So pick wisely. Pick wisely. And deal with conflict as it's calm. Don't let it linger. And before I get off, I'm, I know I said I'm not going to make it spiritual, but I'm just reminded of a sermon that my pastor taught about the four friends that took their friend that was um crippled to see Jesus to be healed. And when they got there, the place was packed out and there was no way they could get in to get their friend healed. So most of us would have probably turned around because we couldn't get in. There's nothing we could do. These four friends got up on the roof and lowered the man down to Jesus. They didn't stop at the first dead end. They tried again. Who are the four people in your life that you know will be willing to do that for you? Just something to think about. And if you don't have four people in your life that you feel will do that for you, now's the time to start making friendships that can lead to having four people like those four people that brought that man to Jesus. Until next time, Ramblin'.